week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Chief, we got a damaged RV on its way to the OR. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of RV surgery. <laughs> Wait, are you promoting me? Congrats, Martinez. Doctor, that RV's flatlining. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of nursing. So you're just promoting everyone now? Yeah, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Well, greetings, Imagination Connoisseurs, and welcome to this issue two of the Weekly Hero. I'm, of course, Robert Meyer Burnett, and I am joined with the peerless Chris Carr. Peerless? Peerless. I have no peers? You have no peers. You're above them all. Whoa. <laughs> That's going to go straight to my head. You're, you're above me, certainly. Oh, I, th- I feel like we're equals. No, 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 no. You're much better than I am. Oh, well, I still do, love Just you. do a voice. What kind of voice do you want? Do a, do a high-pitched... Serious voice. A high, a high-pitched serious voice. Something kind of like a, a Yizma kind See, of thing. Something up in here. I can't do that. I, mean, I can't do you can better than me. With it. See, you're peerless. No, oh, thanks, bud. But this <laughs> is the second issue of the new iteration of the Weekly Hero, and it is very, very exciting to be here with you. We are going to talk about the issues of last week, and and as we've had time to ruminate, ruminate over these issues. We're going we're gonna to get into what we thought now that we've had a bit of time to digest things. Absolutely. And, of course, the first thing we want to talk about is the writer that was announced for the Kang Dynasty. Jeff Loveness, he was also the writer of the upcoming Quantum Mania, and he is a veteran of Rick and Morty. Yes. Now, I think he's a great choice to write this. I mean, not having seen Quantum Mania yet, but obviously that's sure. where Kang becomes a big player in the MCU. Mm-hmm. You know, Rick and Morty, uh, despite that it's it's comedic, it does have a lot of really interesting science fiction concepts that are done quite well on the show. Oh, for sure. It and also gets really dark, and there can be some heartstrings moments, too, on Rick and Morty that are just interrupted by a belch. Totally agree. Yeah. And I think that that in itself makes the choice of writer pretty exciting. Would you concur? I concur, my esteemed colleague. I think this is a really smart choice because if you're going to deal with somebody who has multiple personas, I mean, how many Ricks are there? We have the Council of Ricks, which is essentially your Council of Kings. Yeah, which they, where do you think they got it from? I mean, yeah, let's call a spade a spade here. You got to pull from literature sometimes. So I really think this is an excellent fit because I'm a proponent of Rick and Morty being one of the smartest bits of writing out there. Sure, sometimes the humor gets more blue, crass, but the science jokes on that show, the pop culture jokes on that show. I mean, they are just untouchable. And so I'm really excited to see how Loveness is going to bring that kind of humor and that kind of satirical edge and just that kind of rapier wit to this franchise. No, I I agree. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong. People sometimes say that humor in the MCU is like, oh, that's too funny. Yeah. But but I, I think that that the world is both very dramatic and also very funny. I mean, soldiers obviously are known for their dark, sardonic humor on the battlefield. There's no reason why you can't do that. And smart humor is the best humor. Exactly. And I think that Rick and Morty, like you said, even though they can have belch jokes in the middle of a heady sci-fi concept, I do think that that's kind of, I mean, when you're dealing, first of all, with Ant-Man and the Wasp and Kang, even though you could take that very seriously, but why would you? It's Ant-Man and the Wasp, which has that has cultivated smart humor in the yeah. MCU. And then having multiple Kangs or whatever Kang is going to do. And the way uh, Jonathan Myers is playing him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like he's without humor. No. All and, kinds of table jumping. I'm uh, here for it. I am too. So I think this is actually a great choice. I mean, obviously, 
Marvel, they've made these choices because they, they've liked the work that has been done previously. Mm-hmm. He's new to the MCU with Quantumania. Clearly, uh, they like what he did, so... Absolutely. It's a vote of confidence for for that film. And the only thing that I have about this, the only potential hang up is just, you know, we've seen how veering a little too humorous cannot serve the Marvel franchises. Right. Uh, I I think, look, we've talked about it before on the John Campy show. Thor Love and Thunder for me was too much. And I'm in the same boat as you. It's just too silly. Mm -hmm. And and when it gets too silly, it destroys credibility. Exactly. And I I mean, I hate to say that about Thor because I thought Ragnarok did such a great job of balancing the serious and the humorous. And I don't think, I mean, again, Kang is supposed to be a, a big bad. Yeah, a formidable foe. A formidable foe. And you can't just say a formidable <laughs> foe. And you can't just make him a goof. Exactly. And so I think that Loveness probably, judging from both Rick and Morty and 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 I guess the vote of confidence he's been given having not seen it from Quantum Mania, he's probably a great a great choice. Yeah. I'm excited to see how it all turns out. Well, speaking of more Marvel news, it has been announced that Ryan Coogler is the front runner. I don't know if we have confirmation that, that, that he's actually going to direct Secret Wars, but he is the front runner to direct Secret Wars. Now, of course, Coogler is a veteran of two Marvel films, obviously Black Panther and the upcoming Black Panther sequel, Wakanda Forever. Uh, I think Coogler is a world-class filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fruitvale uh, Station... His first breakout indie hit I thought was terrific. Incredible film. Creed. Creed, oh I mean, gosh. there's a way, there's a way to revive a franchise. You know, and that was something that he came up with. I mean, he wrote that. He, he's an auteur. He's a writer, director. Same mm-hmm. with Black Panther. Um, it's gonna be really interesting to see where Wakanda Forever goes or what it provides. But it's again a huge film dealing with multiple uh nationalities maybe at war we don't know yeah it looks like there's a un crisis from the trailers uh, and so it's a it's a it's a big big movie with a lot of characters and that's what you have with a secret wars mm-hmm. film you've got a massive ensemble cast i mean i i don't think there could be a bigger ensemble cast in a marvel movie bigger than endgame i mean i would imagine so you yeah. you feel confident that he's able to take on the mantle of directing Secret Wars. I do. I mean, the proof will be in the pudding of Wakanda Forever, right? Because that looks incredible, but that's a trailer doing its job, right? right. If a trailer makes me go, ooh, I don't want to see this, the trailer's not working. But we've seen time and time again, too, trailers that looked fantastic and then things were just kind of dead on arrival. Do I think that's going to happen here? No. I trust Coogler so much. This cast is incredible. I am wondering how the film itself is going to pan out with the lack of T'Challa in there and how that's being handled. We're, we're going to see that all. My big concern, too, is, you know, he's an auteur. And how is he how is a film going to be without him and Michael B. Jordan? Because I he's been able to get so much wonderful stuff out of How Jordan. do you know it's without Michael B. Jordan? That's fair. I mean, but Who he knows? died, died. I mean, I know no one's ever perma-dead in the Marvel Universe, typically. No. But, I mean, that was a, that seemed like a very permanent death. Of course, there's all kinds of things that could happen. You know, the supernaturals involved in the Marvel Universe. Medical Marvels are involved in the uh, Marvel Universe. But I'm I'm wondering if we'll feel that absence, though, since we're already down a king. I'm wondering if we're going to miss Killmonger as well. Well, you know, I would imagine, and I could see this happening, that maybe there's some kind of a flashback sequence that Killmonger was involved in something that later comes to pass in Mm. this film. So we could see like 10 years ago. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, and and I could see something like that happening because the same way that Leonardo DiCaprio has been in a lot of Martin Scorsese movies or Robert De Niro has too, mm-hmm. it seems to me that Michael B. Jordan is Ryan 
Kugler's muse. Yeah, I think you so. Know? And I, I think they work together. And plus, I mean, he is such a fantastic performer. Oh gosh, what so an talented. electrifying yeah. presence. Just so good. And so good. But I, you know, I, I find of all the Marvel, certainly a phase four of all the Marvel movies that are coming out now, uh, Wakanda Forever is the one that interests me, I think, the most. Mm -hmm. Because one, the fact that you've lost your star, your titular hero is gone. And the fact that there's a lot, the Marvel universe itself sort of sits on a precipice. I mean, you've got another emergent civilization on Earth after the Celestials made their presence known, after gods of Egypt are fighting. And there's so much that, that this movie, I think, has to address and deal with. I'm very curious to see where all of this is going to go. I mean, the trailers do look incredible. It looks like it's a very, a very heady mix of all different kinds of things. But is it biting off too much? Exactly. Well, and, and speaking of that, too, if you go back to Secret Wars, there's a lot going on there. And and initially, too, it was basically just a merchandising grab. Right. It was, I mean, Mattel had input on Secret Wars. So I like the idea of somebody like Kugler who does take heady com uh, concepts and bring them in to superhero franchises. I enjoy that, but it's a lot to juggle. It so is a lot to juggle. I mean, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, it's great that they're giving... I like the fact that Joss Whedon did two Avengers movies, the Russo brothers did two Avengers movies, and that Ryan Coogler is coming in, and you've got two different directors, the director of Shang-Chi, obviously, Dustin Creighton, Creighton, who pronounces his last name, so, yeah. he's doing uh, Kang Dynasty, mm -hmm. so I, I, I'm looking forward to this, I think it's going to be, I mean, I loved Secret Wars, both versions, you know, the original and the, the, the Hickman version, yeah. I, I liked all that, so, I mean, look, the kid me, Secret Wars? Oh, yeah. Come on. You're going to get some killer hot toys out of it either way. Oh, man. Probably too many. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to send yeah. me to the Poe house. I have, a, as of right now, vote of confidence for Kugler. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Good to hear. All right. Well, then, our third topic, uh, Harley Quinn. Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn coming back to the DCEU, according to James Gunn. Coming back. Like she's never like left. Like she's never left. Yeah. Uh, uh, how do you feel? Do you, so you're not Harley Quinned out. No, never. I mean, I'm a diehard Harley Quinn fan back from the Arlene Sorkin days. I love this character. This is a character that made me want to do voiceover. Just that lovely Mr. J put in. All of that was so, so wonderful for me as a kid. Um, I probably shouldn't have been watching it, honestly, though. When you look yeah. at Mad Love, gosh, what a messed up story. That is a, um, a great comic, though. Oh, so good. It's so good. Gosh, Paul Dini. You're wonderful. Um, I love Margot in this role in particular. I really am a big fan of Harley Quinn. I, I know no one else in this room likes it, but I love Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey was so fun. That soundtrack slaps. It is so great. The fight choreography, the imagery, the costuming. I love it. Also, my girl Mary Elizabeth Winstead's in there. And No, I'm a big Mary Elizabeth Winstead I fan. Her. I have to say, not a fan of Birds of Prey, but I loved Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. She's in, great. in James Gunn's yeah. Suicide Squad. I, I loved seeing what he did with her. I loved the performance she delivered. I mean, I think she's a great character. And clearly, I do love the fact that you have an actress who loves this role. Oh, absolutely. You know, and after playing Barbie, the most wholesome creature in the universe, toy, That's whatever. Range. I would like to. That is range. I'd like to see. <laughs> I mean, I can't wait to see Margot Robbie come back and knock it out of the park again as Harley Quinn. I mean, I also, I think John said it best once on the John Campion show that she really works best as part of an ensemble. 
I think so. I think that's fair because I did enjoy her moments with everyone here in Birds of Prey. I really liked all of that. And again, I know I'm in the minority, whatever. I like what I like. But when you do do a standalone Harley Quinn story, it is difficult. And we've seen how she can thrive, though, in like the animated universe. But she's at her best when she's working with Ivy or being, you know, pinged against the other, you know, uh, members of the whole villain ensemble in the world of Batman. That's when she does really, really well. I love her as the standout lead of that ensemble. Right. But sure. I do think she needs a pack with her. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I did like the fact that she was clearly a marquee character in Gun Suicide Squad. But, yes. And he knew what to do with her. And she kind of got her own side mission, you know, when she was in inside that that yeah. place and had her own oh my gosh and her fights were killer they were killer oh. and i love that shot when the when the the flower petals come out from behind her i mean that's just a great and she's such a striking character i mean she she just lights up the screen oh, so absolutely. you can tell she's having a blast and that's what we want and how do you not have a blast when you're doing a james gunn dc project i, I mean, don't or know any, any project gosh like slither had to be fun it had to be fun and uh you also get to dance Hell yeah. When you're in a James Gunn project, you dance. You get to boogie. You do get to boogie. You get your boogie on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you boogie down. I'm excited for Margo to do that. I can't wait to see it. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're in agreement. Yeah. So I think then it leads us to the next thing, which is our sponsor mm-hmm. for this show, today's episode of The Weekly Hero, brought to you by our folks at Mint Mobile. Hey guys, we want to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month. And now for the plot twist. I'm just kidding, there isn't one. Seriously, Mint Mobile just has premium wireless service from 15 bucks a month. There's no trapping you into a two-year contract or opening the bill to find these crazy fees. There's no luring you in with free subscriptions to streaming services that you'll forget to cancel and be charged full price for. I used to dread opening my phone bill every month because every time I was opening it, it was like playing roulette. I never knew what the actual price was going to be and it always seemed to get higher, but not with Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a family and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And if you're worried about the complication of switching things over, don't. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So guys, get premium wireless from just 15 bucks a month and no unexpected plot twists at mintmobile.com slash campia. That's mintmobile.com slash campia. Seriously, you'll make your wallet very happy at mintmobile.com slash campia. Well, clearly our friends at Mint Mobile are fans of comic books because they sponsored this week's episode of The Weekly Hero. And that brings us to, well, the mysterious part of this show, Chris and Rob have issues. Yeah. We have issues, like a lot of issues. We've got so many issues today. So, so many, many issues. I mean, and sometimes they divide us. Sometimes they bring us together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're topical. Sometimes I think she's crazy. That's fair. Like Harley Quinn. Yeah, I have a lot of that energy. <laughs> I, well, I bring a lot of that to the table. I like knowing I'm not wrong. <laughs> but I think this week we have a great topic to discuss. Yes. Obviously, it was announced strangely, oddly. I mean, there is a new Constantine film in development that is a direct sequel to 2005's Francis Lawrence-directed Constantine starring Keanu Reeves, who was very, at the time, controversial because he yeah. wasn't, as you said, anything like the comic character. He wasn't anything like Sting. He didn't look like Sting at all. He wasn't English, wasn't blonde. Frankly, I think he could have drank and smoked even more. <laughs> I mean, that's what I like from my John Constantine. Well, it takes us back to 
I have always loved this character of John Constantine. And to me, he was one of the cornerstone characters when DC created their Vertigo imprint. Yes. That was started mostly as a horror label that, of course, branched out. But um, coming off the pages of Swamp Thing, that was not yet a Vertigo comic. Yes. But during Alan Moore's run of Swamp Thing, Alan Moore created this character as a British, basically a London-based warlock. Yeah. Like Literally, he was told to incorporate Sting. This is really part of it. So in Swamp Thing number 37 is when we first get John Constantine in the mix, where he's this kind of blue-collar warlock. Right. And he is our first, you know, detective who does paranormal studies, which is really, really fun, because obviously this has spanned so many other things. X-Files, the Dresden Files, all the files came from this. Um, this debuted in 1988. It was Jamie Delano and John Ridgway doing the art on yes. this, um, which is so fun. And Jamie Delano had worked with Alan Moore, was chosen to do the first run here, Hellblazer. Um, this first compilation is Original Sins. And Alan Moore helped pick out Jamie for this job, basically. Jamie has a lot of political commentary from the 80s in here, which is oh. really fun. We we meet the Freemasons. There's environmental issues. There's all kinds of wacky shenanigans. Ley lines. The oh fear machine. Yes. Like, I mean, I, I was a huge fan of this comic. Um, I loved it so much. And it really leaned in. I mean, this is a dark, dark, horrific it comic. It was the first time I realized that the lead of your story doesn't have to be morally good. Oh no, and and he he was not beyond sacrificing people no. to achieve his goals. Exactly, which sometimes were for the greater good, but often were to save his own skin. Ab absolutely, and I, you know, this hard bitten character was, and and let's be clear, in the comics, he's John Constantine. Tyne. There's even a, a, a the panel I don't remember. He says Tyne in it, mm -hmm. and uh, correcting somebody, but in the movie it's Constantine, which they carried over to the Legends of Tomorrow yep, and the to TV the show and everything. The TV show, but it is, but in Sandman it was corrected. The Sandman audio drama took back John Constantine, and then Joanna Constantine has been used for the Sandman. TV series. And this is one of the things that, I mean, Neil Gaiman, among so many other English writers, really cut their teeth on. This is how we got uh, Garth Ennis. This is how we got Grant Morris. Yep. Um, Grant Morrison, excuse me. So many people came from working on the Constantine oh, series. And this is the cover of issue one. And, and you can kind of, I mean, this cover really does sum up the feel of what this comic, I mean, this comic did not shy away from the violence, oh, yeah. the sex. I mean, and, and also there was a lot of stuff going on in, in British horror at the time. Clive Barker was an emergent talent mm -hmm. with the books of blood and, and later yesterday, Hell, uh, Hell Razor yes. celebrated its actual 35th anniversary. I went to a special screening of that and uh, Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Mm -hmm. So British horror was really on the upswing and all, and it was all, you know, a, a, an answer to the punk rock Thatcher-esque era of, of England. So it was, you know, Guinness soaked, cigarette smoked. Uh, it, it was just... I love this character. Now, he's been around for now a long time. There are various iterations. There was a new 52 version of Constantine, and, and it, it has been... But these first issues, I mean, getting into this comic, it is really, if you like your horror dark and hard... This is a this is a hard bitten yeah. horror character. And and you know, and you guys mostly know too, I am not a horror movie person. This is how I can get down with the spooky. Because oh, I really? can I, I love horror comics. Um I Why think you, wait, wait, wait. You love horror comics, but not Because it's the actual seeing the action of a lot of things that messes me up. The brutalization of people in 
like real time really freaks me out. I can put this down. I can take a lap. And also a lot of times this is so supernatural and so otherworldly that I can, I can honestly just disassociate from it because you know, it's, it's a demon in America being exercised. (laughs) It's demon blood infusions. It's that kind of stuff where it's, well, that wouldn't happen. I don't think, I don't believe in no ghosts. So I I feel okay about that. That's interesting. Uh, You know, I'll buy that because this, I mean, it's not necessarily, it isn't Lovecraftian, but it does lean into the, the elder gods ideas. They're out there. Yeah. I mean, it, and it doesn't shy away from the devil. No. You know, the devil shows up tricking the devil, which Constantine does or Constantine does. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's the, I want to say it's the Garth Innes runs. Isn't the Dangerous Habits run what they you they base the movie on the first the 2005 i believe so yeah i mean i think it is which i think is is really interesting and i like the fact that even though keanu reeves was not like the british constantine he mm-hmm. was it was the american constantine, constantine version i do think the movie did retain i mean surely the way that hell was perceived oh yeah the the devil it was very much like the comic would it so it it, and I love like this production design when yeah. he's going through hell. It's visceral. It's stylized. It's fun. I thought so too. And and while there was a lot of pushback from comic fans, mm-hmm. this film has grown in stature over the years. The original, the the original yeah. uh, film. I mean, I don't know why they didn't. I mean, some marketing department probably said you can't call this movie Hell Blazer. That's not going to play in the Bible Belt. You got to call it something like, well, Constantine. So people will wonder what does that mean? Who yeah. is that? You know, and it sounds vaguely European churchy. Exactly. You know, so right. and you can put a cross in America. the tea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this will be fine. Um, but I, that, that to me is a very John Constantine thing yes, to do. Yes. Flipping perfect. off the devil. One of the stories you were talking about too earlier off camera, Rob, is so interesting when they have the Newcastle event. Well, that was his big in in in. That's the in big his, it was one. he couldn't get over it. Yep. This horrible thing that happened in Newcastle, and they kept talking about it. I think the first year of the comic, they didn't get to that story; they just teased it. They kept saying something happened with a girl named Astral. Yeah. And oh, this yeah. is this is the story for those of you who did watch the um, I believe NBC series with Matt Ryan. That was the story that they focused on a lot. They'd constantly talk about what went down at Newcastle, what went down at Newcastle, and then you finally saw it completely heartbreaking it was very heartbreaking for for me it's it's the swamp thing crossovers man when like swamp thing takes over john constantine's body so he and abby can have a baby and etrigan's there and phantom strangers they're like what you love etrigan i love etrigan can so you much. speak in rhyme like he does oh no i'm not i'm not quick enough for that man i love etrigan though he's great the de- that blood. is the demon i believe he was created by jack kirby Yes. I want to say he was, right? He's incredible. I love his whole storyline. And the I, Phantom Stranger. Like this, ultimately all of the Constantine stuff for me, you guys, is I want it I want it to lead to this. I want it to be Justice League Dark. Well, you know, Guillermo del Toro was 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 dealing with that. And what's what's really interesting is that, you know, JJ Abrams is developing a new Constantine TV series along with a separate Madam X or Madam Xanadu mm-hmm. series for which they probably I sure would have crossed over or something. Oh, absolutely. Now that has been canceled because they brought this movie into into being. And I think in a way, I mean, this I like the fact that Keanu Reeves is his star is obviously flying high because oh, yeah. of John Wick films. And people, this movie has it has gone up in stature over the years. I've never talked to somebody that said, Oh, that Constantine movie sucked. No, Everybody liked it. You got Papa Midnight in there. Yeah. I mean, you uh, played by Jaiman Hansu and then Peter Stormare as the devil and, and Tilda Swinton as as the angel Gabriel. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a great cast. Mitchell Weiss. 
Oh, yeah, and Rachel Weiss. Like James at, Bond's at, wife. At peak, at peak Rachel Weiss. Peak Rachel Weiss. I mean, I mean like yes. Post mummy. And, and Shia LaBeouf. Early Shia LaBeouf was. <gasps> That's right. Yes. <gasps> yes. I forgot that little Shia is in little it. Little Shia is in it. Oh. You know, what is that, 17 years ago? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Little coming off of Holes. Yeah. Oh, Holes is a great movie. So there you go. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I look, I, I really hope that this happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, Akiva Goldsman's always hit and miss in terms of scripts for me. Sure. But I, I, I love the idea of this happening because the comics are so good. And if, if you know, there are a lot of, there's a couple, I have a, I don't, I, I don't know if it's got, I think it is the Jamie Delano issues. I have a huge, thick DC hardcover Hellblazer omnibus. Hell yeah. And it, it's got to have 50 issues in it. Mm-hmm. And it's great. I mean, you could kill somebody with it if you hit him in the head. <laughs> It seems would, very John Constantine. It, it, very John Constantine. I mean, look at these stories. There's a, a great. Oh, yeah. Again, the Jamie Delano, John Ridgway right there. I mm-hmm. mean, I even love the art. There, oh, there's yeah. something about it. It's, it's kind of got an EC Comics feel, but also it's British at the same time. Yeah. It has it has a sensibility of early Marvel stuff, honestly. Yes. But with so much more of the macabre woven into it, just because you have these bright colors, but they typically lean towards secondaries. And oh, it's just stunning. It's just stunning and creepy. And I look, all the ghostly people are not saturated. It's so smart. Yeah, no, it's a great, <sighs> it's a smart comic. And if you like your comics uh, hard hitting and horrific, mm-hmm. and especially if you secretly chain smoke. Yeah. Because. He's always got a He's cigarette in his mouth. Constantly smoking. Constantly so. smoking. I and wonder if, you, if, it, if you like cheeky one-liners, right? And that's, of course, the Constantine movie is about the results of his being a chain smoker. Mm-hmm. He's dying of cancer, and it kind of goes from there. And he has to figure out a way. Well, I guess I'm going to die, but he knows he's going to go to hell. Yeah, which isn't something he wants to do. Oh man, I loved that tagline for the movie too. Of like, hell wants him, heaven won't take him, earth needs him. Come on, man. I mean, what's wrong oh. with that? That's that's what you need. It was great. As always, to you guys, when we do these issues episodes, we really, really want you to go to your local brick-and-mortar comic book shop and go pick up some issues. Talk to us about them. Have your own hard opinions about these. Tell us if you think this is garbage. I hope you don't. I love it so much. But we want you to get out there and support local comic book shops because I know Rob is really passionate about physical media. I am very, very passionate about physical books. Me t- oh, them. I am too. Yeah. So would you say that you and I are are simpatico on Hellblazer, the comic? I think so. I think I would lean towards more of the Swamp Thing Etrigan stuff than right. you. More the fan, yes, more yeah. the DC universe stuff. Exactly. I love that ever-expanding stuff. But him as an isolated character, I think, is always fun, too. No, I agree. I and, and for me, this comic hit me. I was reading a lot of dark fantasy novels, not just Clive Barker, but Graham Masterton, a lot of Brit- James Herbert, mm. a lot of the, the British masters. And there's something... You know, their 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 horror, I like to call it damp because it always seemed to be out damp meaning outside, like in I the wasn't on, a, like, on the moors, you know. Okay, there we go. I, I you knew know, we were going somewhere with things this. are things are there's I mean we had there's a fog, took, there's a sea there's layer. A, yes, there is okay. a sea layer, there's something in the fog, there's yeah. horrible noises out there. You don't know what it is. It's mm. like stick to the moors, like in American yeah. World in, in uh, London. Uh and that's what this is very it's also moist because there's a lot of bloodletting. That's a lot true. of disgusting decay and grossness happening, which oh I always gosh. appreciate. Yeah. The, oh, the scene where the one demon, the scene, the page, where the one demon with the tongue does the blood transfusion. <laughs> well, it's gross. But awesome, awesome at the same time. <laughs> well, Chris, it's nice to know, once again, we are simpatico. Yeah. And the issues that we have don't seem to be a divisive no, thing No, we got to find one that makes us just fight. 
Yeah, we'll do that because okay. people want to see a cage match. That's true. That's true. I mean, I can't stay mad at you, but I'll well, try. That's good. I'm glad. Yeah. I can't stay mad at you either. Well, Who can? Well, a lot of people on the internet, apparently. Oh, well, <laughs> they're wrong. Thanks. And that brings us to the last segment of the Weekly Hero, the Hot Toys segment. Now, let me let me preface this by saying a lot of you have been looking at my Henry Cavill figure in front of, I guess it's in front of Chris now, mm-hmm. but the uh, and he's been out of focus for weeks, out of focus. So I decided, because people have asked, to finally give you what you want, people, and here is a close-up look at Henry Cavill, the hot toy from the Man of Steel, the Man of Steel version of Henry Cavill, the first of four hot toys Henry Cavill figures that exist. All right, we are back with another installment of our hot toy segment. And uh, Rob, you got something that's kind of special to my heart, the the thing people have seen on your desk for a while now. What do we got today? John, I must get two or three messages uh, every day about this figure because he's always out of focus. People are like, can we see this figure? Why, why can't we see him? Well, now you can. This is the first of four Hot Toys Henry Cavill figures. This is actually the Man of Steel figure, the actual original Man of Steel figure. And if you look, John, look at the detail on the costume. The texture, the raised S. I mean, Hot Toys really nails the color scheme of this. It also... It ushered in a new era of stands for Hot Toys figures, a larger stand, a much larger stand than they normally went with, the logo, uh, but with a flying action rod where you could actually pose these figures in the air if that's what you wanted to do. And uh, you can see the great tailoring on this figure. They also did a Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice Superman figure. They released a Justice League figure that had brighter colors on the costume and they recently released in a two-pack along with the nightmare batman figure from zack snyder's justice league they released a black suited henry cavill figure but the part in the hair was on the wrong side so i actually bought a a a third-party head sculpt that had the right part in the hair but this is pretty accurate And so now for the first time, instead of everybody seeing it out of focus, you can actually see this figure in focus. I love this figure. I think it shows they did three, Hot Toys did three figures from Man of Steel. They did Zod, they did Jor-El, which you have. Which is one of my favorites that I have. And they did uh, Superman Henry Cavill. They never did a Kaora figure, which I really wanted to have that female Hot Toy to fight Superman, but they never did that. What would you say is your favorite aspect of this particular figure? Because like you say, we have it on your desk every day on the John Campus Show. What do you think is the one aspect of this one that really stands out? Well, I, I really love, like, if you look in here, look at the fact that they're able to recreate this piping and also, like, the gold and the dark, all the different aspects. They really do a fine job in here. That is really tough to duplicate at scale. Yeah, the texture of it's incredible. It's incredible. And, and you know, the head sculpts, this is a 12-year-old figure. The head sculpts have gotten a lot more sophisticated, but I still think this is a great figure. It looks impressive on the desk. And I also love the cape. The this cape, cape is amazing. Which, so, of course, in the movie, I think 95% of the time that you see the cape in the movie is actually CGI. It's actually CGI. And what I do like about this cape is it's a little longer because when you see him on the ice before he takes off, it's 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 kind of running it's 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 on the ground. So I don't know why I like that, but it looks great as the figure because it kind of hangs below his feet. And I love also how they are able Hot Toys is really good about like recreating the texture in here. 
mm-hmm. of of the cape stuff. Whenever they do that, I really I really do appreciate they've done that on Thor before, and you know it's just an extra added detail. This is why we love Hot Toys figures, John, because they look. Right. All right. Well, you picked a great one today for uh, for Henry Cavill's Man of Steel. All right. Let's go back to the desk. Well, that is the hot toy figure of the day. I, you know, by the way, he's going away. He's going bye bye. He's he's coming off the desk. Oh no! And I, no, no. Going to add something new. Ooh. I mean, we've been seeing we've been seeing Wolverine and Superman there. We thought that they would have announced Wolverine and Superman movies. Maybe something going on. Whether mm-hmm. that didn't happen. So this this was this represented hope on a number of different levels. <laughs> that hope is gone. It was shattered. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up some new, more topical figures that we're going to have leading into the rest of the year. I know this isn't appropriate, but as somebody who's married to a Logan, I think it's really hilarious that my view is always just his cheeks with the little stand hoisting up his booty. Does that tell you something about your marriage? That Logan's got a cute butt, yeah. Well, there you go. That's good. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm happy to have obliged. Uh, you know, I, I whenever I look at that figure, I just keep looking at his claws. Oh, that's much more respectful. Those are metal claws. Yeah. Those are actual metal claws, and Ooh. they would hurt. I mean, you could pun- you could puncture someone's you know body with that. Oh. I wouldn't try it. But a true weapon X. Okay. It is a true weapon X. Love it. Well, Chris, that brings us to the end of issue two mm-hmm. of the Weekly Hero. It's it's always good to be working with you. I love these. These are so fun. They are so fun. But you know what is even more fun? Your classes. Where can people find you on the Thank web? Thank you, Rob. Um, we actually have a class starting on October 2nd. We are going to do a early morning uh, afternoon class for people who work from home or have kiddos in and school. And what kind of classes would those be? These would be for voiceover. So it's intro to voiceover. You learn the the basics of VO. Um, it's a four-week class, two hours every time you come in each week. It's really, really fun. You can go find that through my socials. I'm at actor Chris Carr. Now, can Instagram you give us Twitter. an example? Another example of your Another voiceover of prowess. Voice. Okay, so lately I've been playing a lot of, I play a lot of bad bitches um, who have very low voices down here. Or I play a lot of really brassy women who are very, very concerned about building regulations. They probably are wearing plaid. They're really, really straight and focused sharpshooters, okay? Love wow. those. That sounded very Fargo. Thanks. I like I, that. I can get more into that where I can, I can see Russia from my house kind of thing too if we go into more of a Sarah Palin voice. Wow. That's amazing. Thanks, bud. Well, I'm, of course, Robert Burnett, and you can find me on Instagram at RM Burnett. Find me on Twitter at BurnettRM, or find me at PostGeek Singularity on YouTube or PostGeekSingularity.com. But mostly, I'm right here with John Campy and the crew. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank everybody for watching this issue of The Weekly Hero, issue two. I want to thank Jonathan Voiko for producing this issue of The Weekly Hero. And I want to thank Ray Ora for sitting quietly and listening to us prattle on. (laughs) And making sweet graphics. We love you, Ray. And of course, John Campia for making this all possible. So thanks, everybody. Like, subscribe, tune in next week and find out if Chris and I will really get out of each other's throats or we will once again agree because we have issues.